Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Hello, Difference Makers. Welcome to Living the Principles Podcast, Episode 67. I'm Phyllis G. Williams. And I am Latricia Smith. Today, we are going to be talking about the principles Umoja and Ujima. We're going to talk about unity and collective work and responsibility from the perspective of historically Black sororities and fraternities with our special guest, Mary Farmer and Antoine Dwayne Jones. Let me just give a little brief intro on the both of them. Mary Farmer is a supervisor at the Department of Social Services and a board member with Fayetteville Rayford Cares Mentoring Movement. She is a proud member of Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. She joined the graduate chapter in 2001. She is also a proud graduate of Fayetteville State University. Antoine Dwayne Jones is a graduate of Fayetteville State University, which is HBCU. He is also a celebrity photographer and serial entrepreneur. He's been widely recognized for his diverse work in photography. He's taken my photos several times. Uh, he was voted the Atlanta's Hottest Award, Atlanta's Hottest Photographer in 2017. He's also the lead photographer of ADJ Media and Majority Greek Magazine. Majority Greek Magazine, its purpose is to act as a central pool for spotlighting the members of the minority fraternities and sororities as they constantly serve as pillars of their communities. Antoine has been a member of Phi Beta Sigma for over 20 years. Let's welcome Antoine Dwayne Jones and Mary Farmer to the show. Hey, thank you for having us. Yes. You did a great selection today. You got brother and sister on the call. And <laughs> Absolutely. 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 Fayetteville State University, you got to get him. We got to let him know. But yeah, yes. we love that we're representing. Yeah, and it wasn't even intentional. No, <laughs> not at all. It was accidental. <laughs> so it's Black History Month. We know that historically Black sororities and fraternities are a huge part of Black history and Black culture. So the first thing I want to talk about is the history of the fraternities and sororities. We think everybody knows about Black fraternities and sororities, and some people do. Like, I've never been a member. I, I know, you know, the colors, the, the blue and white, the pink and green, the red and white, the, you know, the alphas, the capitals, the sigmas, the deltas. But I don't know what you guys do and how you came to be and all that kind of stuff. So. Can you guys tell us how the history of Black fraternities and sororities? How did they come to be and why? 
Antoine, you want to speak on it first since you have a few more years than me. Oh, not age, yeah. but a few more years. Well, all right, yeah. So I'm 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 excited about that because I mean April 29th makes 24 for me. Um so ultimately, I mean these these organizations were started with the same mindset or the, the same fervor as like the AACPs. Those those organizations that we needed, you know, our our essence, our presence, our safety, our knowledge represented in wherever these organizations were started from. So, I mean, you're talking about 1914, 1906, 19, you're talking about before we had the rights that we have now, these organizations yeah. started those, those organizations to fight for a lot of the rights that we have today. So it really was just an extension uh, you know, every organization had their founders that believed that there was something missing in, in, in our communities. And they, they decided to go forth and do that. So it was nothing spooky. It's nothing crazy. It was really just people that really wanted to put, you know, black and brown people in positions where they can win and they could be, you know, successful at navigating through the world that wasn't always for us. <laughs> and still isn't for us and we're still fighting but mm-hmm. i think as we progress forward what a lot of people don't know is that these members and, not, and that's exactly why i started the majority Greek magazine is because there was just a gap you know people saw us as they either see us as like these party 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 people that hate beating each other and hate each other and going to jail and all that stuff or they see us as they don't know it's one or the other. The magazine we created was something for in in the middle because if you really, really peel the layers back, these members are actually the absolute pillars of the minority, especially the black community. All your doctors, your lawyers, your judges, your politicians, ninety-eight percent of them are in the fraternity or sorority in the D nine, which which we are. So the the divine nine. So that is really um where we started and then fast forward to where we are today is that now these same people that have that same purpose are still doing everything they need to advance people of color, you know, black or brown. And, and really it's all inclusive now, but still the, the the foundation is making sure that people of color have the, those rights, have those freedoms and continue to have those freedoms that we fought for ever since, you know, the early 1900s. And also, if I could just add, it's almost like the premise behind the HBCUs as well. It's basically where we were from the start to finish of the process when others wouldn't allow us to come into it. So just like many of us had to go the route to go to HBCU, not that we weren't smart enough or we didn't have what it took to be a a college student, but at the time they just didn't welcome us. So it's like you had to create your own situation where you could be accepted and, and be a part, you know, of a phenomenal organization or say college. And with that, so let me add to that with the HBCU life uh, and a lot, I know everybody's listening, but we want to, we want to emphasize how important HBCUs are to us. Yes. Likely the only time you as a black or brown person will be in a situation every day where y'all are the minority, my majority. 
Your classes are all filled with you. You walking around the student center, they feel with you. You walking down the hallways, they feel with you. You walking mm-hmm. on the campus, they feel with you. That's like the only time right. your life that you will ever experience that. So that is one of the most important things for HBCUs is because that that prepares you. And but you get that experience. Like, man, I I didn't have a black teacher from kindergarten to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. I went to a predominantly white high school there was one black teacher in my high school and i didn't have her because she was like a honors english class and yeah that wasn't my that wasn't my thing thing you know uh, with math or something like that was good but honors english nah you know nah, i wasn't in miss harrison's class um so i didn't have my first black teacher until college wow so you went to this majority public schools that were predominantly white and then you joined the hbcu and you joined a sorority why did you join the sorority? I'm sorry, the fraternity. Okay. <laughs> Why did you join the fraternity? And what encouraged you to choose the HBCU? Well, the HBCU kind of was, yeah, so we'll, we'll go we'll go HBCU first. You know, pre-K to 12th grade, I went to a predominant White House school in Northeastern Ohio. So I got a letter. I mean, my, my city in Northeastern Ohio, Youngstown, is pretty dangerous. So I got accepted to all that stuff up there, Youngstown State, Ohio State, Wilberforce, which is an HBCU, Central State, which is an HBCU, Eastern Michigan, Duquesne, all that, all the stuff that was in Pittsburgh. I got accepted every cause I applied for. But to me, it was just too close to home. All those schools were still an hour and a half away. I'd be home on the weekend, get shot at and all that stuff. So right. Smith University said Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. AU, Charlotte, North Carolina. I was like, okay, it's a major city. In the South, I'm just going. I didn't, I didn't visit the campus, anything. I just, I just saw Charlotte HBCU, and I packed up the car and went and got down there. And it took my dad like two hours to get me out the car. I was like, man, oh, it was like total culture. So I got like, no, what is this? This girl, this way what I see on TV. I'm not, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. It, it took forever to get out the car, but I'm so glad I did. You know, I'm so glad I did because some of my best friends are actually from John C. C. Smith, and then. You know, I got a little homesick and uh, I ended up transferring to Fayetteville State because one of my cousins was at grad school there. And then the Greek life was kind of always like something that was like mentioned. Majority of my family are Deltas and Omegas. So it was kind of like that was the push that was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't any pressure. But then once I got to college, I got to see the opportunity for myself to see what the organizations were about. You know, I was leaning and leaning and leaning. I'm going back and forth. I was like, man, they're all awesome, you know, like what? But at the end of the day, when it really came down to it, it was my time. You know, Phi Beta Sigma felt best for me mm-hmm. on the campus of that university. There was the SGA presidents, past and present were, were Sigmas at the time. Every time I went to the game room, Sigmas playing ping pong or something like that. I was in class at SBE, the School of Business. There were Sigmas everywhere. So it was like, I see these dudes everywhere. So I'm going to just be quiet and I'm going to check them out. And, um, you know, I popped up at the interest meeting and, and you know, again, 24 years later, you know, I, um, I'm here, I'm, I'm an international chairman for Sigma fathers. So I have a position that allows me to not only participate at the highest level, but also do something that is really important to me. I'm a dad. I've been a dad. I've been a single dad. I've been a married dad. I've been a divorced dad, you know, I'm girl dad. So to be able to be on a stage where I'm trying to find resources for dads across the whole fraternity, you know, means a lot. And, and, and that brotherhood is great. And then that, 
that love for Fayetteville State is just as high. So it, it it's like a full circle moment to be able to contribute, you know, in a positive way. Say, man, what's Fayetteville State? Where is that? Hey, you need to know. This is where it's at. Was this? You know, we just had a Super Bowl champion. So one of the one of the uh, defensive backs for the uh, the Chiefs was a, was a recent Fayetteville State. You know, mm-hmm. you know. So we, you know, I'm excited that you know I get to represent. They represent people. You know, people know that HBCUs aren't just just for athletes. It's, it's smart individuals. It, it's brilliant people coming out of HBCUs. Is amazing people for a long time have been coming out of fraternities and sororities. So I'm just trying to be one of them. Wow, you're doing awesome. And you joined in college, but Mary, you joined two years ago. What made you join at a more seasoned time? Um, I think you just said the the optimal word and it was timing. Um, Just as he mentioned about college, when I was at Fayetteville State, it was one of probably the best experiences of my life. Um, I was actually a part of, then it was like the Sigma Dove. So we just sort of hung out with the Sigmas. Um, but I had friends that, that was, our, you know, was in the pledging process. And I, you know, I was just like Antoine. I was just, I had an idea of the sorority that I was planning on joining because it was always going to be a part of my my life because I just knew it would be an extension. Um, but it was a timing thing. I mean, I literally, and I, and I won't have to say, which sorority, but just, let's just say that I actually went through a process of right almost at that last stage of, you know, but life happened. So it was not on the table for me at that time. So fast forward, I've been out of college now at this point, probably 30 plus years. And it was a perfect timing situation. It's sort of how I came back, um, had friends who were, you know, professionals, you know, in all, in, in all the sororities, but it was the timing and where I felt I would fit in the best. You know what I mean? Um, and being able to use your talents in that, say, sorority. And that's how it came to be for me doing that. So it was, and it was a different experience because for me, it was during COVID. So that was added another layer to the whole process of going through what well, intake is what they say now versus when we was in college, it was pledging. But our, our process was different, but still the same outcome as far as the, the sisterhood. And honestly, unless you're a part of it, whether it be, say, 20 plus years for Antoine or, say, over two years for me, um, it runs deep. It really runs deep. What's your favorite part about being in a historically black sorority and fraternity? For me, it's the history of how they came to be and the principles that, you know, we had to, of course, learn and through that process. And for me, for a person who really believes in those principles, um, you know, the sisterhood, the scholarship, all those things that are important, not only in my life, that would be important to anyone's life. But I think for me, it's the whole family dynamic, even though it's a family that you weren't born into, but it's a family that you will be in uh, for the rest of your natural life. And so for me, the family sisterhood part of it is really what drew me to it. And and I just feel that I'm at the right place at the right time. And it's just been a wonderful experience for me up to this point. 
What about you, Dwayne? Um, I mean, for me, it's like collect. I mean, the brotherhood is great. I, I mean, you can find, you can always find a brother. I mean, just like a family, you're gonna fuss and fight with your brothers and sisters every once in a while. But for the most part, you know, you you can always find, you know, that family member that you're gonna grow close to. But the most important part for me, even as a family legacy, is continuing to add to the legacy or to the the movement that they were started to do. So every time I can go, I put my letters on and go volunteer at a school. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, go to a uh, you know food give out or any type of service project that I could do. I'm adding to that legacy. I'm adding to that. You know, I'm I'm adding my stone to to that building, and it, it's going to keep growing because again, although we're a hundred years mm-hmm. past when these organizations started, mm-hmm. all all eight only one's not in a hundred years yet, right? They still yeah. have thirty. You know. Mm-hmm. 30, well, actually, it's, it's 23. So they got they got 40 years before they hit 100, the mm-hmm. IOT. Mm-hmm. The other eight are 100 plus years in. Yes. And it's sad and it's amazing and it's crazy. But a lot of the stuff that they were fighting for 100 years ago. <laughs> still fighting. To that stuff now. Like, we still yeah. dealing with it. Or we, we like full-fledged back into it now. Like, we like, oh, we fighting for it. We fighting for Jim Crow, like we fighting for we fighting for stuff that people was fighting for that was get whipped and beat. Like we we back at that. <laughs> like so, mm-hmm. any part that I can play, you know, to help somebody else be better. That's that's a that's a Jones thing. That's a Ducky thing, which is my my mom and my dad's side. Like I grew up in a family of servants, you know, mm-hmm. serving, and to be able to serve corporately and collectively is big to me. I mean, I can do my own thing; it's cool, but when you build, when you have a whole legion of people that are on common goals or trying to do better things, you know, Atlanta's huge. It's, it's over 200 plus Greek chapters just in the Atlanta metro area. So those are tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people just in this Atlanta area that are loving their organization up. They're going out, they're serving, they're scholarships creating, they're, they're, they're helping people, they're mentoring kids like that. That's stuff that's important to me. You know, whether I was in a fraternity or not, but now that I have this brotherhood attached to that, that's just something special. Antoine, I do have one question. You've been in a fraternity for almost 24 years. What memory do you have of a person or event that sticks out or stands with you that you will be? All them joys. You don't forget that those. Those are the time. I mean, it's just like a family reunion. You sit down with your cousins. You're like, man, I remember when we went to this party. Oh, we. Remember we, remember we did that cleanup and that little kid came and hugged you. They, everybody crying and all that, man. You get the same family reunion type feeling. So every time you sit down with your frat brothers or your sorority sisters, like, man, I remember in 1999, we we was crazy for that one. But it's just you just have those type of stories. So there isn't one. It's like hundreds, and you you create those even more. Like I just went to like just 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 two days ago, you know, the other night. My frat brother Bo invited me out. You know, we just gonna have a co- little cool brotherhood day. We get, you know, our our 28th, 29th past international president sitting down at the table with us. He passed, he, he, he iPhone airdropped us a picture, a picture of the founders and some other historical members that was um 
that was updated. So it went from a black and white picture that's all beat up into color. Mm-hmm. But look, when I started this organization in 1914, what, what that image would look like today. And he's telling us about, you know, he's 45 years into the organization. No, he said he's 45 years straight. He's been to every conclave since he's been a member. Wow. That's that those are every other year. So it's not, so you talking about yeah. our near 60 years in, you know what I'm saying? Like, and he's telling us this is what happened back then. This what I've I've been it's like you 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 witnessing history and you're you're hearing his story, you hear our story, you you have a flashback to those crazy times. You know, we we got in the car and we drive all the way down to Georgia Southern eight cars deep and have some fun and kick in and meet people down there and drive all the way back. Like those type of stories. Like you'll you'll never forget those stories. I mean, even if, even with your college friends, you you have those stories with your family reunions or your cousins. You have those stories. It's the same thing. It's just those people aren't your blood. Oh wow, that's so it, awesome. It is. And if I could just share this really quickly, um, as I think I mentioned, Latricia, we just celebrated our anniversary like almost two weeks ago, and we went to D.C. Um, because you know we wanted to be able to go, you know to Howard and to, you know, this, these different places. And so, and then we went to the, um, you know, African-American museum and we actually was on our, well, while we're inside, of course, there were, we met some uh, Zeta sisters. We ran into some, you know, our, our brothers and it was just a beautiful situation. Well, we was getting ready to leave out and we was like where they have the vendors, you know, that be out there like selling goods. And of course, we had on all our gear. You know, it, we was just having a, a wonderful time. There were a group of DC sorority sisters. They were like across, like like almost like across the street. They saw our blue. We saw theirs. So what we did, we just started waving, you know, like, hey, you know, whatever. You know, that's what you do when you see blue, you just get excited. What they did is look like they was about to go in the museum, but what they did, they all turned around and came to where we were. And it was like I knew them and I didn't know them from, but it was just that whole, these are my sisters, you know, we were hugging and where are you from? I mean, it was a beautiful situation. We taking pictures. So that's sort of what those moments, as he's mentioned, was about, you know, and so that for me, that was, that'll be something that'll stick with me for a while. And that was just a couple of weeks ago. That is so awesome. I, I think it's just so cool hearing about this stuff. Because I have no relationship to it. Right. But you mentioned, Mary, that it was your Zetaversary. Yes. And you went to D.C. with, I'm going to make an assumption. With Was it with your line sisters? Or? It, it was with my line sisters, yes. It was five, um, actually it was four of us. On my line, we actually had six, but four of us actually went on a trip. Tell us about the relationships with the line sisters as opposed to the relationship with the other sisters, or are they all the same? Well, for me, generally, your line sisters, of course, are those that those group of women who actually go through the process with you. Um, and for us, I only knew like one person out of the group of the six. And so it's you're trying to actually build a relationship with people who actually are strangers at the beginning. Um, but we all have the common goal, you know, trying to reach that end game, you know, being a part of the organization. So it's, it's a, it's a sisterhood in that 
we're in it together. We're there to help each other. And, it, and then it's a far reaching thing for me personally afterwards versus say with my, cause I only actually have one natural sister. Um, but it's just, you, you just hold them deep, you know, to your heart. Um, even though I've known them now almost three years with the whole process. And then when you're part of a chapter, your relationship may be close with the other sisters, but it's just, this is just a special situation because you all went through it together. Love everybody, but it's just, they're the only ones that can understand what you went through because you were together when you went through it. How about you, Dwayne? Are you close with your line brothers 24 years later? Oh yeah, even even in, again, close is funny because again, you'll be fussing with, your brothers or your sister. No, granted, I, ne I never dealt with that. And, and by the way, my my actual blood sister is also a Zeta. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I like the rub off, yeah. And, and it was almost like automatic, like when, when when your siblings or other people see just how excited you are and how much zeal you have for it, then you kind of get a little rub off. So right. it was I came home in spring 99 for that summer and I'm hooping and hollering, jumping around, wearing blue everywhere, blue this, blue that, blue hat, blue socks, blue everything, drinking blue Kool-Aid. You know, it was like, you know, it just rubbed off on my sister. So when she went to college a couple years later, boom, then she was a Zeta. And I actually got a call while she was on process, like, yo, she was, cause she ended up by herself. So it was, it was really cool to see that. But yeah, man, it was like, I met, it was 10 of us. We were all pretty close. But like, when I instantly met the person standing next to me, my number nine, literally, like, we became best friends. Like, he was, like, the, my best man at my wedding. You know, they all the hard times. I call, I, I still call him to this day. Like, we, like, you know, we, like, we were, like, inseparable. Matter of fact, his name was Thomas and mine was Antoine. They used to call us, like, Thomas because we were, like, <laughs> we were inseparable for, you know, two, two and a half years while we were at Fayetteville State still before, you know, everybody graduated. So, those those relationships like kind of so now we have a chat group with the former pie chapter brothers that were kind of that spring 96 through 2001 is so we we talk junk and laugh and look look at crazy stuff every day people dropping crazy memes and all this stuff in there so we literally still talk every day you know and fuss every day and laugh every day and giggle every day and we hey man i'm gonna be in town y'all when come through we're gonna meet at kickback jacks or we're gonna i'm gonna be in dc who's gonna be there or i'm i'm Anybody going to go to, you know, Conclave in Houston, I'll be there, that type thing. So it, it it's a never-ending thing. Even if people fall off or come back or go through hard times, because, again, life's still life. Right. Life's life. And so, like, I had a whole long, you know, divorce, money, broke, teacher. Uh, I, I went through that whole processing, you know, came back, and it was still like, hey, man, nobody, like Mary said, nobody can take away what you went through right. with other people. Like, you Mm -hmm. You go laugh about it, you just be at work sometimes and be like, dang, I can't believe we did that. Oh, I can't believe you said that. Or, you know, it's mm -hmm. just memories are always going to be there because that, you do the same thing with your family. I remember me and my sister got in trouble for, we broke the TV, you know, in the pillow fight. You know, that same memories you're going to have with your brothers. Like, remember we got in trouble for this or we went we went to ECU. Again, we have a, our international president is somebody that we knew. Our international president is the former mayor of Spring Lake. Mm -hmm. Chris Ray. So mm -hmm. we have like another example of how diligence and how you know service works in real life. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people can't say they 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 met the international president or they knew the international president when they were in college or mm -hmm. who went from 
a college student to like the youngest black mayor ever in North Carolina, uh, running for office to first vice president. And now he's international president of, you know, all these members from all over the world, all the way to Ghana to, you know, and United States. We know, we know this guy, we could pick up the phone and call this guy. Like, man, I remember back in the day, or I mean, I remember, you know, taking pictures with you and your wife. You know, I remember you, you spoke words into me and like, you're, you're a part of history too. So this, it's, this thing is amazing, man. It's, it really is. It is. Y'all about to make me turn blue. Both y'all feel excited about it. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we got room. We got room for you, Latrice. <laughs> room for room. you. <laughs> um, Antoine, before you go, could you tell us a little bit more about Majority Greek Life? How can people get copies? Um, and anything oh, yeah. else you'd like to tell us about it? Okay, so yeah, this is this is like my pet project. And uh, it was gaining steam. Before, so I started it pre-COVID. So... You start anything new, then you have to start from zero. So I started like an essence style magazine that the content is specifically for Greeks. So, okay, cool. We have that. Majoritygreek.com is is the website. So COVID hit, and obviously, if you don't know, like officers and all that are just like politicians. Like two to four years, the people that were there, they're not there no more. It's other people that are in positions of, of leadership. So now the COVID's over. It's basically like starting a thousand percent over because that regional director, that state director, the international president, the local chapter president, those, they're all different now. And I'm dealing with all the nine, not just Sigma and Zeta. Right. So I don't, I, I didn't have relationships with some of them to begin with that I had to start. It's easier for me to call Sigmas and Zetas, but to, to deal with all nine mm-hmm. it, is a project. So I decided to restart the magazine, but add an award show to it to bring it more to light. So if I'm going to be highlighting what great things people are doing in the community that happen to be D9 members, then let me put like a stellar award show together to honor these people. So that's what I've been really working on so far in, um, you know, end of 2022, now in 2023, we had the first award show here in December in Atlanta. That was great. The second annual one is in June, June 24th. And then, even though I've been fussing with our, our alma mater, trying to get venues, like, my expectation is to have a show in Fayetteville this year and a show in Charlotte. So we'll have at least three to four shows where it's a Lifetime Achievement Award section, right? Mm-hmm. 20 plus years in your organization, 20 plus years in your service, whatever you do, your job. Like, we, we honor Sora Selena Johnson, 20 plus years in Zeta Phi Beta, mm-hmm. 20 plus years in the music industry. Or uh, Dr. Jamal Bryant, 20 plus years in Kappa Alpha Psi, 20 plus years sustained excellence in, in religious leadership. Mm. Dr. Kevin James, 20 plus years Omega Sci Fi, 20 plus years uh, in educational leadership. He was he's a CEO, the president of Morris Brown College. He got the Reese, got the, their their credentials back after 20 plus years. Yo, that's that's an mm. amazing feat to do. And to to not have the money, not have the bill, not have the teacher, not have the facilities anymore. And to basically bring an HBCU back from the dead right. is outstanding. So that then we have some Blazing Curl Awards. So people that are just really, really kicking it, really, really doing hot and heavy things. And then Sigma of the Year is 80 a year, which are nominated categories. So Mary can go in, nominate her Sora. Oh, Sora is doing this. She's the president. She, she owns this. She works here. 
that type thing. So it really is an, an award show to give honor to these people because these people are just working. And like I said, you won't know them because after you graduate, you ain't jumping around no more. You don't have the letters on every day anymore. You just kind of right. just do your thing. You're working and you're serving. You know, and people don't know that, I mean, I can name off about 10 Greeks that y'all probably see every day that y'all wouldn't even know uh, are, are Greeks. And it's time to to show them off and, and to give them their flowers while you're here. And that's, that's another thing that COVID showed us. Mm-hmm. We need to get flowers right now. You know, we live classmates from Fayetteville State last year that are in between 40 and 45, three from cancer, one for knee surgery, who was an omega, knee surgery, gone. Mm-hmm. And then we had two or three that passed away from COVID. So cancer, COVID, random, act of God, you know, so mm-hmm. let's highlight these people while they're here, give people their flowers, take pictures with your family. I had to put my photographer spinning there. Please, <laughs> right. take grandma, your aunties, your uncles. Yeah moms your brothers and sisters take pictures and capture those memories with everybody and let them know you love them hug them call them because everybody's not guaranteed to be here tomorrow and we we've seen it we've seen it so that's my spiel majoritygreek.com check it out i'll get in contact with you mary so i can kind of get a spill about how we're trying to bring the award show there what what that needs to be but it, it's going to be spectacular and if, i think uh Listen, Leticia has seen me do events before, and it, it, it is on brand. It has to be with the spirit of excellence. So it ain't going to be no little rinky-dick thing. It's going <laughs> to be worth okay. coming to. That's what I plan to do from that, this point forward. Wonderful. Well, just let me know. You know, I'm all in to help you do whatever you need to do here in town. I think that is a prime example of unity. Not only unity with the sorority and fraternity that are blue and white, but the, like you said, the divine nine, there's nine Greek organizations. And can you tell us, first of all, what are, what are the, the divine nine? I know there's five fraternities and four, four sororities and they come together and they have a, a council. So it's that part of it unites all nine of the organizations. You got it. Can you spill off the names of the divine nine? Oh, go ahead, Mary. You get the four. I get the five. <laughs> you know what? Okay. We'll work this out. Okay. We have the, I'm not going to do them in the order. Just know I'm going to get them right. Okay. Latricia. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, of course, I'm a Zeta Phi Beta uh, Sorority Incorporated. We have our Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. We have our Alpha Kappa Alpha, AKAs, you know, in, uh, Incorporated. We have our Delta uh, Sigma Theta uh, Sorority. Uh, incorporated. That's it. That's I'll get ready to say, like, I'm missing my, okay. So then on the, on the male side, on the fraternity side, then we have, and I'll, I'll go, we have Alpha Phi Alpha, then we have Kappa Alpha Psi, Omega Psi Phi, Phi Beta Sigma, and then Iota Phi Theta, all fraternity incorporated. So these organizations are locked in, they are actual certified businesses, it is still a business, and you know, the things that take insurance and, and licensing and all that stuff, those are all in place for all the organizations. And they take these very seriously. Very. Uh, it is still a business in, within the community service and the brotherhood and the sisterhood and all that good stuff. So it, it, it's amazing to see that these organizations are creating millions. They're creating endowments. They're, they're, they're creating affordable housing. A lot of stuff that these organizations do, are doing because 
collectively, you know, people are coming together and paying dues and, and, and donating monies and, and getting sponsors and vendors to do certain things so that they can pull together your know, resources to help others. And you mentioned your your service is to dads, finding resources for dads. And Mary, what do you, what did you do? What is your service? Well, I am on um, a few committees um, right now, like the elder care committee is one of the committees that I'm on that we support. Uh, you know, uh, we have two facilities here in Fayetteville that we work very closely with. We have one, it's Cardinal, and we have Harmony at Hope Mills. So um, with our group, like we recently, for say for Valentine's Day, we donated uh, Valentine treats for all the residents at both facilities. We have like what we call movie, movie day, where we just go and spend time, you know, with, you know, those um, senior citizens, because for many of them, they don't get a chance to, to, to get out uh, much. We do like Meals on Wheels. Um, we, we're very heavily involved with the high school and middle schools in Hope Mills, um, you know, donating um, just, you know, uh, personal items, things that, you know, the children need, um, you know, just trying to be of service, you know, to um, the citizens of Hope Mills. So, you know, we, you know, we have a veterans um, military initiative that we work with military families as well. Um, and so I often say being in a, say, sorority or fraternity is almost like having a full-time job if you don't have one. But if you have a full-time job, now you have two because it's so much work to do. Um, and that's why it takes us all working together to get it done. Well, we know Dwayne has to go, and I kind of got carried away. We try to keep it 30 minutes, and I know Phyllis was trying to stay on track, but I was just asking too many questions. Did you want to say anything final, any final word, Dwayne, before you have to go to work? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate you guys and the platform. Thank you for thinking about me. Uh, again, I, I love my organization. I'm a modern FSU. I mean, look, we just we just be wanting to do our organizations proud. We want to do our families proud. And all those are extensions of family. The fraternity, the actual family, the HBCU family, that's all something. When we step out of our houses, I want my kids to be proud. I want somebody asked me what college I want. I went to uh, the Fayetteville State University. Absolutely. They are you part of the Five Betty Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. I, I want them to know because I am proud of the work they've done. I'm proud that I've got my education from an HBCU. Um, and I wish that people would send their athletes and their their their, their scholars to more to HBCUs. I think I would have got my daughter to go to one if, if her, her major hadn't have been what it was. But, you know, if you got a good grades in Georgia, you go to Georgia State School for free. And so we, you know, we end up at Georgia State. But I try, you know, I try <laughs> to HBCU for sure. Um, her major just afforded her the opportunity to go elsewhere. But there are plenty of schools that are that are HBCUs that are worthy of the highest level of academics and, and, and athletes. And we need to start pushing for our people to go there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Dwayne. I will see you all soon. Mary, oh. they're going to give you my information. Please reach out to me. I will. You- all right. I will. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And Mary, we're not going to hold you any longer either. So. You know, I'm good. I, I, I just, I appreciate you guys um, just allowing me um, 
to be on tonight. I know I was like a fill in, but it's you just always have to be ready. Um, and and that's what it's about um, being ready. So I just thank you for just allowing me to come on and give my few minutes of, you know, my contribution to this um, podcast this evening. And we thank you so much for coming at the last minute for <laughs> yeah. to fill in. So I really appreciate you for that. Thank no you. No problem. A- any other questions? And then I will, I will jet. I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't have really, well, I do have somewhere to go like home, but, <laughs> but if you have any, if you had anything additionally, then I'll be more than happy to answer, but I'm good. I just wanted to say it was a great example of collective works and unity. You stepping in for your sorority sister uh, in such a short notice. So just thank you for being an example of what the principles are. We're just going to go over some news as a principal challenge, and that'll be about it. But thank you so much. You are so welcome. You all have a wonderful rest of your evening. And just know if you need me uh, with anything in the future, I'll be more than happy to be here. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. You too. All right. Bye-bye. That was a wonderful display of unity and collective works, not only in what they said, but who they are. And what I took from this podcast was sororities and fraternities are sustained servitude and sustained bonds, whether you've been one for two years or two decades, whether you meet someone at the supermarket or if they're your lying brother or sister, there's still unity and there's still collective works going on. So Latricia, what is the principal challenge based on today's discussion? Principal challenge, live them out. Based on today's discussion, our principal challenge is to go out and be of service and connect and bond with other people. Thank you so much. Open your mind, hearts, and ears for our next section as we spread the good news. Not rumors, not rubbish. Living the principles, we spread the good news. Why Quasha King Thomas, director and buyer of day dresses at Macy's, helped develop a clothing line for Black sororities after having trouble finding dresses in her sorority's color. The retailer is also donating $1 million to the education and research foundations of the sororities. Macy is not alone in offering more collections aimed at Black consumers. In March, Ralph Lauren debuted a collection with Morehouse College and Spelman College, two of the most recognizable historically Black schools that include tailored suits, dresses, and footwear. Retailers Target and Nostrum are also carrying more clothing from Black designers. That's our first good news. Our second good news, the idea of a national celebration of African-American history and culture was first proposed by historian Dr. Carter G. Woodson in 1915. Dr. Woodson was a member of Omega Psi Phi, He believed that African-American history was an important aspect of American history and should be recognized and celebrated. He founded the Association of the Study of Negro Life and History, which later became the National Association for the Study of Afro-American Life and History. Dr. Carter G. Woodson gave a speech entitled Democracy and the Man Far Down at the fraternity's ninth annual grand conclave 
In address, he urged the college man to give less attention to social affairs and devote more time to the study of Negro life. Omega's five brothers were moved by his speech and initiated a program in 1924 called Negro History and Literature Week to be held in April of every year. I was so amazed to learn that even Black History Month started because of a fraternity member. Our third good news is about another fraternity member. Ben Crump, also known as Black Americans Attorney General, is a noble attorney with an extensive legal career. He represented several families in major civil rights civil rights cases, including Trayvon Martin, Ahmed Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Jacob Blake, and Tyree Nichols. Now he's being acknowledged for the hard work he's put in to bring justice to the Black community by becoming the first Black practicing attorney to have a law school renamed in his honor. It is a privilege to be a part of the St. Thomas University legacy through the Benjamin L. Crump College of Law. We have come such a long way in the journey to equality, but we are not there yet, Crump said. The future change makers and civil justice leaders that will matriculate from St. Thomas will soon pass the torch from today's civil rights icons. And I have every confidence that they will meet the moment. In remarks from Mr. Crump, who is in Omega. That concludes our good news, all centered around sororities and fraternities. Latricia, our soul snack for today. Our soul snack for today comes from an African proverb, and it says, when spiderwebs unite, they can tie up a lion. That's our show for today. Until next time, expand your minds and impact your communities. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.